This podcast is sponsored by Engineered Tax Services, a subsidiary of Engineered Advisory, whose goal is to support CPAs and their clients to achieve the highest and best use of time and resources. ETS offers specialty tax services and incentives, which help expand your capabilities and ensure that your clients are paying only what is required in taxes and nothing more. To learn more about Engineered Tax Services, go to engineeredtaxservices.com and mention the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast to receive project discounts and a free CPA partnership ebook. Hi, everyone. This is Heidi Henderson, and you are listening to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast for accountants. I am really passionate about people and the industry. And I truly believe that the accounting industry can do better for both our clients and its professionals. So I'm going to share insights from people who have found professional success and who have managed to balance that with their physical, mental, and personal health. So I hope you enjoy, and I hope you get inspired. Accountants can earn free CPE from listening to this episode. Just visit earmarkcpe.com, download the app, take a short quiz, and get your CPE certificate. And now on to the episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast episode. I'm so excited because this is a little unique. We're actually recording live at the AICPA Engage Conference in Las Vegas. And I happen to be sitting here with someone that I consider to be a very, very dear friend. Uh, I think it's kind of a fun story, so maybe we'll share that. But I'm sitting here with Daryl Petrick, who is a partner with Bowman and Company in Stockton, California. And Daryl and I met probably 12 years ago. I think it was 12 years ago. That's right. Yep. <laughs> and uh, as I said, I consider him to be a dear friend. And uh, uh, I'm excited to have him as a guest because I think he has a unique perspective. He is a partner in his own firm and has a perspective about people and about employees and is just a genuinely amazing human being. So, Daryl, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited. Thank you. I'm, I'm so glad to be a part of this. This is, this is fun. I've never done anything like this. So I've been coming to Engage for all these many years, and it's, it's fun to be able to share with you and, uh, and to be a part of something, uh, something different. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I think when I asked you to be a guest, uh, not only on the podcast, but here live, that was a little surprising, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I, it's, I, I know you've been doing this, and I've been, I've been a, an avid listener, and I said, yeah, this is something I've always been wanting to do. So I'm glad to, it's a privilege to be a part of it. So thank you for, <laughs> for the opportunity. Yeah, this, I think this will be fun. So starting before we dive into you and your firm and what makes you tick, what about AICPA? So what do you think? Like, I think it's unique. First off, I think sharing with the audience that not only are you here, you typically come every year, but you have a whole crew from your team. So how many people did you bring with you? We have eight people here. And when I say here, I think there a lot of them are standing here watching us right now. <laughs> um, there's, I think there's another uh, eight people, I think, online watching the conference. So we have, we have about eight or nine people. So we, have, we, we really believe in this program. Uh, AICPA Engage is really, you know, one of the premier uh, programs in in our industry, and we we think it's important. Uh, we feel like we're plugging into the entire profession when we're part of this. You know, I saw you know one of the top people in the IRS today, you know, the chair of the AICPA, 
president, CEO, you know, so people like that are, you know, we feel like we're actually, you know, connected. And that's, and that's part of what we're going to talk about today is connection. So that's, that's why I'm here. There's 3,500 CPAs on site, and I think that's, that's a, a cool thing to be a part of. Mm -hmm. It really is. And you know what's funny? Someone said to me earlier this week, I, I said, well, I've got the CPA conference I'll be at this week. And someone kind of laughed and said, wow, that sounds really exciting to go down and hang out with 3,500 CPAs, huh? And I had to sit back and think about that. And I said, in a really bizarre way, it actually is really fun. I have come to look forward to this event every year because you, you do, you build these connections and these friendships and you begin to see people you know and build new connections, not only with people that are exhibiting here, with people that have amazing services or products, but other CPAs, other people that you can collaborate with, and I mean, the speakers are amazing. So um, before we dive into you as an individual, what do you think is the number one thing that your team gleans from this event each year? Well, we, I think we're getting the, the cream of the crop as far as technical knowledge. Mm. That's super important. And I think in, we're sitting in the exhibit hall right here, and so we're getting the newest products we're meeting uh, with people who are uh, selling things that we need in our practice. I have made you know, numerous connections uh, over the years from people who have, we've been able to bring things into our firm that have helped us, that have transformed our practice. So mm -hmm. you know, if, if, you, if you aren't here, you're missing out. So I, I, think it's, I think it's super important to be here. Perfect. Well, you know, I really think I might have to pitch AICPA to now sponsor my podcast since we just did like a you know four-minute commercial for them. <laughs> They're not sponsoring your podcast? I'm so sorry to hear that. Right? We just gave them like the ultimate commercial for, for driving additional attendees. May have to send this to them and see what we get. Very uh, <laughs> I know. Uh, so, shifting gears. You have been with your firm since 1987. Shortly after you and I met, I came out and I think we did some CPE and I was able to be in your firm and meet some of your staff. One thing that I was amazed by and touched me was that your founder, Herb Bowman, right, right who founded the firm in... 1949. 1949, was still coming into the office every day. Right. How long did he come into the office before he... He, he came into the office until uh, his mid-90s. Um, he was there, you know, he was practicing, he was working until his early 90s, and then he came in after that, even when he couldn't work. We, even when he couldn't drive, he sent someone, we sent someone to his house to pick him up and bring him in because he loved it so much. Mm. His own children were grown and were away from his house. And so we were his family. Mm. And so we brought him down to the office every day to sit in his office. He read his paper. Maybe he took a little nap. I'm not exactly sure what he did in there all day long. <laughs> but it was where he felt at home. Mm. He would go, he would be there, and, and we loved him being there. It was like a touchstone for us. Mm. His presence there was you know imparting a lot to our team some of the you know some of the people who are are still there now you know we we still talk about some of the the truths that he taught to us you know some of his things that uh he said you know there's no right way to do the wrong thing things like that mm -hmm. some of those principles you know he he passed on 
and you know we're we're building off of those legacy concepts. So you know he he only lived for a few short months after he wasn't able to come to the office anymore, and it was it was on one such day when he didn't come to the office that he fell at his house and that that was the last reason that was the last day he couldn't make it it was, it was because he couldn't come to the office that day so it wow. was all related wow that's incredible i bring that up because you've been at the firm since 1987 now right. which is amazing and you're building a legacy but that has to drive a culture the fact that he had so much passion and that it meant that much to him for so long how did that trickle down to you, to the partners, to the firm? How has that impacted, even today, your firm, your firm culture, and how you guys view Bowman? I'm, I'm so glad you asked because, you know, right now in our profession, there is a real push, you know, to merge, to consolidate. You know, we've been approached, you know, to sell. There are, there are firms right now, there's a big shakeup in the industry. There are, there are opportunities for us to, uh, to, to get out and to have other firms come in and, you know, merge up. And, and we, we view, we're, we've rejected those notions because we, we view our independence as something that's important. Um, the, the term that we use is stewards. We, we view that we are stewards of what has been given to us. So we are taking that which has been given to us. You know, I, I think... You know, we're, right now we have nine partners, and I think we've we've had over our time about 25 partners, wow. and we are planning on handing this firm on to future partners in that we are grooming right now. We are we are bringing up partners, we are building partners right now, and so we are trying to make the firm a better place to bring in partners to make these people business people in our community and to grow the firm so that they can all assume uh, a level of ownership someday and make the firm a, uh, a place where they can you know, make a living and, and build it to a bigger platform than it is right now. Wow, I think it's amazing because it's, a, it's, a, it's about legacy. And I feel like we've lost that with many firms who haven't set up the business structure and the succession planning in a way where they can do that. And it sounds like you guys have begun to, begun to build that, but you've also built that with your teams. Tell me about how you've cultivated that with your staff. How are you, you mentioned you're, you're working on training your staff as business people. I think that, I kind of honed into that comment because that's one thing really lacking in the CPA space is we have this technical knowledge. I've talked about this before in the podcast. We have staff who come out of school, they are very technically savvy, they have a great education, they maybe pass the CPA exam or they do within a year or two. How do you shift focus from, yes, the technical aspect is important, again, coming to events like this is tremendous, but building them then on the other side, their interpersonal skills, their communication, their personalities, being able to drive all of that as a whole person into your business, to your clients, and see the future that's coming up. How, how do you build and cultivate that? I know that's a loaded, that's a lot. But tell me a little bit about your vision for how you build that with your staff. It's, it's, a, it's an undertaking. It's, it's not easy. 
and it's 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 hard and and you know it's it's something that you have to be you have to be patient because you know it's something that has to evolve in people um i have a great story for you about that very subject because um we have one of our top people who has been a very gifted technical person for many years and we have asked him to step out and become to to work on his soft skills a little bit and uh we we set up a uh, we are we're part of the Alliant Global Alliance that's one of the the platforms that we have joined and they uh last a uh, couple weeks ago they held a training program in Lisbon Portugal Wow. We sent two of our people to Lisbon mm. for just a few days and he was one of them. And he'd never gone to any training missions like this before and so I wasn't sure what to expect. So he was supposed to be coming back the first day after the class and he didn't come to work that day. I'm oh. thinking, "Oh crap, what happened? Where is he?" <laughs> and I thought maybe he quit, didn't know what happened. but his plane was delayed. He comes back in the next day and he's in my office at 8:30 in the morning with a gift from Portugal oh. on my desk and he was telling me he says, "Daryl, you'll never it's it was revolutionizing my thinking about what you have to do. It's not just about technical, don't you know? It's about <laughs> you have to you have to relate to people. You have mm. to you have to it's not it's not about, you know, how much you know, it's about how much you can relate to them and tell them about, you know, your your passion for them and their understanding and you have to bring up people in the in the profession. You have to train the employees and you have to you have to relate to the to the clients and you have to explain to them how much you understand their business and that okay, that's good. I'm I'm glad Thank you for sharing that with me. <laughs> I thought, okay, it's working. It's working. He gets it. He gets it. Yeah. So he's he's on his way. And I'm I love that. Mm-hmm. That's what I that was like that was like the best day of the month for me. <laughs> That's amazing. And have you seen that change his perception in terms of of the buy-in he has being part of your firm? Yeah, well that well that just happened. So it's you know this ah. is just this is brand new stuff. Yeah. So I you know now I'm here. Yeah. So I'm I'm but I'm <laughs> expecting it going forward. That's yeah. that's my that's my vision. Right. I'm seeing that in other people. I I'm seeing I've had conversations mm-hmm. like that down the down the line with so many people. Mm-hmm. You know like you know they have like these epiphany moments like wow, now I see. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's so many so many little things like that that happen and people can evolve and transform and pivot in their own way of thinking mm-hmm. and they can become something that they never thought they could be before and that's the story that I've that's what happened yep. to me yep. and that's 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 the part that 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 makes me so happy yep and that's where we're going to go so i shared a book with you uh, that we're both reading right now called the song of significance by seth godin very new book but he's written many books and the premise of the book is about the importance of people feeling that they have significance in what they're doing in their job in their career in their life and it doesn't mean they have to be doing the most profound thing in the world but that they feel like they're making a difference and they feel like they're respected in their workplace and i think that story that you share about him directly correlates to to that that you showing the trust in him to first off send him 
all halfway around the world to go to Portugal to invest in him, to grow and to expand his horizons, to learn that side of it, will help teach him something that maybe he's been afraid of, but that he's learning and having this light bulb moment that, oh my gosh, wait a second, this is what it's about, I get it. And, and that will also then lead into him being able to begin to build relationships, which is going to help him feel significant and meaningful. Right. And uh, so it's, I, I, I love these conversations because I always feel like everything comes full circle. All the dots connect. And so to our story, starting at the beginning, I guess, because we'll start at the beginning of you, but we'll start right in the middle first with how you and I met. Daryl and I met, and it, this is a little bit of a story about me, I guess, too. When I had transitioned from accounting to consulting, or the dreaded word sales, uh, business development, that's, this sounds better, doesn't it? I was in business development. Um, I was kind of mortified. I was mortified that I was going to even try to do something like that because there's this negative connotation with doing sales or being in that type of environment. And I would never want somebody to think that I was inauthentic or that I was doing something for an end game. And it was a very insecure position for me. And uh, I, I also have always been very analytical and quite introverted. My personality, mapping, very, very, very introverted. So when I started doing what I do, working with engineered tax services, I went to my very, very first event. Didn't know a single person. I was scared. I was very, I was so uncomfortable in my own skin. And just felt very awkward and um, just unsure. And I come to this event, we go to the first dinner, and I sat next to Daryl. And the first thing that I loved was that Daryl was very relaxed and was wearing shorts and a shirt and kind of a cool, like a, it was some sort of like a bead bracelet or something. And I'm like, hey, this guy's just a normal guy. You know, he's not one of these stuffy accountants. <laughs> and uh, we ended up striking up a conversation. And from there, we, because of Aliot Global, this global CPA association, which by the way, you know, shameless plug for Aliot Global, wonderful worldwide CPA and, and attorney association. They do these conferences a couple times a year. And so we would see each other a couple times a year. And whenever I travel, I always try to get outside and do something because these events, you know, breakfast sessions, lunch sessions, dinner group things, you don't really see much. So my goal was I need to force myself to get out a little bit and at least see something. And so Daryl and I had the opportunity to sort of find little windows of opportunity on these trips to go for a walk. And we had the most wonderful conversations and come to find out that Daryl was going through a little bit of a similar um, rebirth, if you want to call it that, or evolution, let's call it, of, of who he was as well. And uh, he blessed me very much with giving me really honest feedback on you know, career and life in general. And it just was something that, again, the connections, it's the connections we make in this life that are so profound and bless us so deeply. And so again, you're, you're someone I consider to be a dear friend and I appreciate. So that's the story of how Daryl and I met. And uh, now we see each other multiple times at different events all over the place and, um, and stay in touch and share books because we, we have some authors we both love. Right. So talk about Daryl from the beginning. Tell us a little bit about who Daryl was and 
kind of coming up, even from when you were young, into your profession. And then we'll talk a little bit about sort of when this evolution started, where we are today. Because I think it is evident of the profession, of being in the CPA profession itself. And I think it's very representative of a lot of people and our staff too. So that's a lot. Now I open the floor. It's all yours. Okay. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I was um, a son of a, an electrician and a teacher. Humble beginnings. Um, I was born in Chicago. And because my mom was a teacher, um, she taught me a lot when I was home with her, and she taught me how to read. And that was that. And so one of the very first big events in my life occurred when I was five, and it was it was a little bit. Uh, it, I I didn't think that it was that big of a deal, but being able to read in Chicago public schools when you're five years old is apparently a pretty big deal. And so I was. Uh, there was this day, it was show and tell. I will never forget it. Um, it's, been, it's, it's been seared into my memory many, many, many years subsequent. But when I was five years old, we were going around the circle with our show and tell, and I had brought in this little card game, and they asked me how you play it. And so I flipped the, the box over, and I read the directions to the teacher <laughs> as to how you play this card game. And the teacher's eyes got big as saucers, and she said, did you just read that? And I said, well, yeah, <laughs> as if, you know. So at that point, she grabbed my hand and marched me up to the principal's office and made me, you know, read the card game. And then they handed me a reader, um, you know, a, one of the Dick and Jane books out of the cabinet, and I, I was terrified. I was crying. It was, it was horrible. It was a horrible experience. And I didn't know what was going on. They called my parents. They were like, what is this little boy doing? He's reading. This is, uh, this is completely out of sorts. And the, the long and the short of it was that they decided on the spot that I didn't belong in kindergarten anymore. And they took me out of that classroom and they put me in first grade, you know, the next week. So my parents signed off on that, and they moved me into first grade. So because I, something good had happened in their world, something bad had happened to me because I was terrified. Uh, it was the scariest day of my life, probably in my entire life. Wow. And uh, so at that point, I was in, you know, three-quarters of my, through, through my kindergarten year, I was put into first grade. Then after first grade into second and in second grade, they, they found that, you know, a bunch of us were ahead of our, our schedule there as well. And so they put a bunch of us through a third grade accelerated program. And then they took about 12 of us and they moved us into fourth grade at the end of that school year. So I wound up skipping first and third grades. And so for the entire rest of my school career, I was two years ahead. So I wound up graduating high school when I was 15 which was you know, great from an academic standpoint, but terrible from a social and emotional standpoint. Yeah. I had really friends, not very many. You know, I was kind of like not really with it from a uh, friendship standpoint. Sports, I was really good in baseball and sports from an athletic standpoint in City League, but in high school sports, I was terrible. You know, I was cut from my high school uh, freshman uh, baseball team. 
Um, so it was, you know, sports were, you know, not not possible after that. Well, yeah, that so. makes it a little difficult when you're two years, but especially at that age where you see such a crazy difference right. in, in in puberty. And exactly. When kids go right. through that, so so well, I was so so I was I was kind of like then at that point I became like in my own mind I became kind of a non person. Mm-hmm. I became a kind of the person who you know was kind of just kind of not not do so much socially in life and I was just kind of hug the wall and be kind of a wallflower and so I graduated kind of in a wallflower kind of capacity to the point where you know I was just at uh, my high school reunion this past weekend and I and I brought my name badge I, I'll show it to the camera here I don't know if I'm, I'm on screen right now and uh, for Zach here so you know, I, I, I told him, I was like, Daryl, yeah. this doesn't even look like, I yeah. don't even know yeah. who that is. Yeah, see? <laughs> so it's like, it's it's really, you know, I, I was going for most improved. That was the, I don't know if they, if they have competitions at your high school reunion, but really I was going for most improved. But, you know, there was, uh, there was just, I, I just didn't feel like I fit in the entire high school. But come to find out, nobody feels like they fit in in high school. You know, I feel yeah. like everybody in life, if, if I was to go to any high school in any city in the United States, the place is filled with people not fitting in. Mm-hmm. And I know, Heidi, you know, you've had your own conversations with me about how you felt your height was a dissatisfier. And my wife, you know, the same way. She felt, you know, unsatisfied with the way that she was short and you were tall. And, and I was too smart. And I was made fun of because I was so smart. And, and things like this. And it's like, well, since when is being too smart? This is, you know, such a bad thing. Yeah. But, it, but, it, but it made me feel, you know, like I, was, like I was weird. And so for so many years, I was, I felt anti, you know, I felt like I was kind of an antisocial type person. And I did not have the mental perspective necessary to, you know, capitalize on the, on the gifts that I was given. So... It took a long time for me to get past that thing. So. Well, right, because even in college, like, I mean, so you're in college starting at 15? 16. No, no, starting totally. Not, not 15. <laughs> that would have been ridiculous. I did get my driver's license at 16 oh. over the summer, so I was able to drive to college, thank oh, goodness. Oh, that's amazing. Yes, yes, I know. That was, that was super important that I was able to get my license over the summer. So. But then you were saying you graduated college before you were even 21. I was. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. So you were graduating college, ready to start your career, and you still couldn't drink. Correct. <laughs> that is true. That's fun. Right. You had fun college years, huh? Yeah, college. <laughs> yeah, it was like yeah, I lived at home. Yeah, I did not have a college experience, you know, so to speak. So there wasn't anything like that. So it was like I, I went away to school, you know, and okay. So uh, so what did I do? So then you know I, I started dating uh, and I met my wife and I got married when I was 19 while I was still in college Wow so yeah so Tammy and I got married uh, at the when I was 19 so that was so that so I was be you know I was a responsible teenager yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah so no children we didn't not, not we were forced it was just a something we decided to do so you know we were in college getting married and you know we went on with our lives and just young and and now i'm looking at that and thinking wow that was really bold but you know it worked out it was a, it was a great learning experience mm-hmm. so we shaped our futures together 
And so, you know, we had one son, you know, along the way. Um, we we're 25, and you know, and so it's it's been a wonderful life along that way. But the, socially, it was it was very difficult for us, you know, for me, because she was very popular. She was like, you know, one of the people that was very popular person on on campus so well yeah and i've met tammy she is life of the party she's right. very extroverted and she's just very outgoing and jovial and wonderful right so yeah that, that may have if compounded she, if that. she was to be here she would take over the <laughs> podcast right now so <laughs> so when did all of that change when do you when do you feel like or what age do you feel like something flipped i was taking a a management training class and there was a course that we were taking and there was a, a subject that came up and, and, and they were talking about it and, and they said, on this subject, and they said, up until now, my life was X, but starting today, my life is Y. And, and you can just decide these things. And I thought, you can? <laughs> you're, not, you're not limited by what, you, what you've been all your life? That's that's crazy. That's that's just like I've never heard of such a thing. You you can you can do it. so so with that information I went to my first Alliot Global Alliance conference and I had the checklist of registrants. I had gone all by myself. I went to Boston and and I had the list of about, you know, 75 or 100 people that were on that list and I decided that I was going to find every single one of them and meet them all and it was with that list with a checkmark pencil and I was playing like blackout bingo with all these names oh so that's what happened I was a bingo no the, no this was, that was the second one the first one I was you weren't there you were at the second one so once Got I it. so yeah once well, that was uh, that was I was on bonus time now those are, so then I, now I knew people when I was when I met you. It was like it was like amazing. I was like I, I was totally in comfort zone at that point. So that's awesome. Yeah. So then I met you, and it was like it was like all things were well at that point. So. <laughs> and so, how has that translated then into because what we're talking probably 12, 13 years ago. And so talk about now how because I think it's it's huge for us to realize. I'm a major advocate in believing that people are incredibly malleable and that we do have the ability to reinvent ourselves. And I think especially with younger generations and with longevity and age being what it is, I'm reading these books and these podcasts about how we're in a different era where people can reinvent themselves as many times as they want. It doesn't even have to be that you've graduated as an accountant and you're going to be an accountant forever. You may have four careers in your lifetime and you may evolve and change and adapt and grow, whether it's in the same place or whether it's in different places. So talk about then how that's now evolved in your career, because this is not only affecting you, this affects the people who work for you. And that's really where it starts to it's like, it, you know, that's where the meat is and where we really see impact. I don't, I don't, the, the, the people that I work with are my best friends. Mm. And when, when I'm interviewing, I'm interviewing you to be, become part of my best friends. So that's, that's the, the screen that I'm putting you through. Can mm. I, can I bring you into a circle of friendship that is somebody that I want to hang out with? I don't know, all the time basis, because I want to be able to 
enjoy life together. And that's what I think, you know, we, we, I, I, when I was listening to podcasts, one of the things that they talked about was, you know, relational workplaces versus transactional workplaces. Yeah. You know, and, and, and if, you're, if your job is just, you know, whatever, you know, if, if you're working at home and you're just plugged into uh, whatever website it is that you, where you work, and, you know, if you, if you quit a job and you, you take a new one on, you know, between Friday and Monday and it's just a matter of where you log in and you can't tell that you've changed careers or changed jobs, just you just changed a, a login, an IP address, that is just so sad, you know, because I want to know who you are. I want you to be a part of what I'm building because that's what I think this is all about. Yeah. You know, when I'm at Bowman, I'm, I'm building something. When I'm working with you, Heidi, I'm, I'm building something in you, and you're building something in me. And that's the, that's the relationship that you and I are building together. And, you know, with this podcast, you know, we're, we're building people out there because, you know, we're, we're asking them to reinvent themselves. We're asking them to help build something, you know, where they are because there's so many things that people can do. You know, because it's it's not just it's not just in accounting, it's not just in in finance, it's not just in business. It's it's in their home life, and you know, and, and we all make we all make choices, and we all make mistakes, and you know, there are things that I should have done differently, and, and along the way, there's there's hundreds of those. The, my, my life is littered with errors, and things like that happen. But in relationships, you know, you you forgive, you you move on. And you know you you do better, and that's what we that's what we do in in relationships, and that's and that's how you build, and that's how you that's how you move forward. That's awesome. I mean, it's been so interesting doing this podcast because this is totally a passion project. You know, this was super vulnerable. This was being really open and transparent, and just the raw. This is who I am. But it's interesting because. Yeah, I hope that people listen and are a little inspired to hear something that just makes a little light bulb go off. But I get more from this than anybody. And it's these conversations. And like what you just said is you're building me and I'm building you by just sitting here and having a conversation. And I don't know if there's enough value placed on that sometimes. In our life, with as fast-paced as we're going and we're moving, that investment in other people, the investment in time and conversation, your investment in your staff to send him halfway around the country or the world, excuse me, to invest in them, it comes back tenfold. And um, it, I mean, it makes me smile, it makes me happy, and makes, it warms my heart because I think if we can remember that that's the big picture, that's the big vision, then we can do better. It is about people, clients, staff, teams, relationships across the board um, and it helps us all do better and it helps us all find balance because you know we talk on the podcast too about balance in life you know physically mentally emotionally spiritually and professionally and it's one thing that I love about you is talking about is that what I see with you is I I, I know you well I know Tammy I know your family I know you know your partners and there isn't there isn't the professional Daryl and the personal Daryl. There isn't who you are at work and who you are in your real life. It is all you. And it's like you're in it 100% with everything that you have. And 
I think that's I think it's inspiring because too often we we find that separation and feel like well we need to be very professional and if we can continue to teach staff that and employees as well that it's okay to be who you are and be authentic to that role in totality not just sort of this professional side so I think that's really cool but question tell me about a challenge you've had in your career that was something you would have viewed as a failure but that helped you to fail forward hmm well well you you podcasted about me one time a few months ago <laughs> I don't think I used your name <laughs> you did not use my name thank you for not using my name but friends of the podcast will recall what was her name uh it, it was the the woman with the dogs. Uh, oh yeah, Chris Heater. Chris Heater. Yeah. If you, if you I, and I and I play that and I and I refer to that <laughs> podcast. If you if you if you want to re- if you want to learn a little bit about me, you'll find me referenced indirectly. Daryl, how do you know I was talking about you? Because I know you. Because you, you're making me better. You made me better. Because you made me better in the in the Chris Heater podcast. Mm. So. Um, a year and a half ago, my wife had a very serious thing happen to her. She had she she went underwent back surgery, um, and she had very very debilitating back pain. And uh, right around December 2021, I guess it was, uh, decided to do a major reconstructive back surgery, and she wound up with about. I don't know, 10 inches of metal uh, in her back as far as uh, steel rods and things like that, titanium that they put in to get her back straightened up. But that was, as bad as that is, um, what happened as a result of that surgery was uh, she got an infection that nearly cost her her life. And, And the reason it did was because this was right at the peak of COVID, and the hospital, you know, was full. They couldn't get her back in to clear out the the infection. And the the long and the short of it was that she wound up having, I think, eight or nine surgeries to take care of all of the infection. She was in the hospital for four months. We were driving, you know, probably it was probably a hundred miles round trip every day to manage that. This is right during tax season. And she was coming home. Um, We had uh, a young lady who was a caregiver in our home, um, who was there that time. We were changing caregivers. But in all all of this, it was just a very turbulent time period, which was our peak work time. And what happened to me was I had always been, you know, very dedicated to my profession, obviously, you know, but what I had to do was figure out how I was going to work, I was going to fold this new thing in, being a full-time caregiver, into somebody who was now paralyzed and needed to live at home and have a lot of medical care. And so what we needed to do was manage that situation in addition to everything else that was going on in our lives. And so she's gotten a lot better. She's walking. She's developed a lot of strength. And she strengthened me phenomenally 
uh, as a result of all this process. So it was an amazing growth opportunity for me. People say, well, you should be so mad, you, should, you, you could sue, these are things that you, know, you, could, you could fight the system. And, and you, you battle through all those thoughts, but it's, it's just an area where you can grow and, and you have to figure out how to, how to contend with all of that. But what I had to learn to manage and this is where, where you came in and where my partner, Jeannie, came in, was learning to tell clients and be professional and be sensitive as to how to manage all the parts of me with all the parts of professionalism and how do I blend all of this new me in with all of that Daryl, he's so cool. He's so he can he's he works on my stuff at eleven o'clock at night. He's an awesome CPA, but now he can't. So now what? So how did I do that? I was bad at that. And what what I learned from you and from Jeannie and from Chris on the podcast was, you know, people want to know where, where, you, where you elevated me was our clients want to know what's going on in my life, that they actually do want to know about the, the whole Daryl, that that's important to them, that they don't just care about, you know, my guy is the guy that fills out my forms. They don't care about the 1040 necessarily. They want to know about me because, you know, the, the, the person who is my guy, is he, they want me to be their guy for the next 20 years. And if, if I have something major that's preventing me from being their guy, then that's going to be a problem for them for a long time. So, you know, we, we have to be communicative of that to them all along. So I'm, yeah. I'm not sure if I deviated from the question there. But no, I, I mean, I that's, that's they, exactly because not only, I mean, you became a caregiver. And for the first time in your entire career, you went through all of COVID not working remotely, still going to the office. The office has always been, I think, a place of peace and reprieve. Like you, you love to be at the office. You love to be in that space. So all of a sudden, you couldn't be for a time. Right. And you began to work remote for the first time in your whole career. And this was after having gone through COVID when everybody else did. And you're like, not me. And so that changed everything. So it was this, this weird shift of having to reinvent ourselves and evolve. But then finding that sometimes when we feel like maybe clients will look at that negatively or be, oh my gosh, well, what's going to happen now if Daryl's not going to be you know, working at 11 p.m. for me? On the flip side, most people are so incredibly grateful when they truly see the other side. Gracious. Gracious. Oh, yeah. That's the perfect word. Yeah. And so I think if we allow other people to be gracious, but it takes the vulnerability, right? And I think that's one of the hardest things in the world. It's, oh, it's been the hardest thing for me to be vulnerable. I, I have and, learned that. That's, that, is, yeah. that is something that I have I have adopted, you know, it's okay to be gracious. It's allow, allow people, allow people to be 
gracious. Mm. I, I, I love being gracious, mm. but it's it's hard for me to accept it. Yeah, sure. Oh yeah, it's I, I love being in a place where I can support someone else and you know be there for them. That, that's a great feeling. It's not fun when you're on the other side. <laughs> you're like oh, um, but it's been amazing, you know. And I mean, I've been in positions like that with my kids, and you've offered some beautiful support as a friend and um you know and i knew you were going through that and my heart was breaking as well and again i think it's the relationships it's connections and it's so bizarre where we find the randomly find connections uh, where we meet people in our lives that can change us and sometimes it's one time sometimes it could be one random conversation um, and we never see someone again and can change uh, change a life so before we close up one final question just to lighten things a little bit. You love to travel, and you've traveled a lot. I love hearing about your adventures and where you've been around the world. I know this is a hard question. People ask me this sometimes, and I don't like it because it's impossible to quantify, but where's your favorite place that you've been that just was the most impactful for you? Well, um, we have a... um, Tammy and I have uh, our son, Ben... Um, he has a friend, uh, Josh, who he, he was a student at Stanford, and uh, he came back at, to our house and he said, you know, you've got to, you've got to, if you're interested in going to Africa ever, you've got to go with this friend of mine, uh, Dr. Phil Rosori. He's got an amazing uh, safari that he runs, and so you should do that. And so we did that. We went on safari in, I think it was like 2011 or something like that, in Kenya. And, and, I, and I love going on, you know, it, it's, it's, it's great to go to travel and, and to, to travel and to see things and to just and to, and to be in, in unique places. And, and what I, when I share about this is not just that, that we went and we saw Kenya and we saw animals and we saw the people there but we we went there because Dr. Rosori uh, had a program there uh, that he was operating it was called Village Hope Corps International which was a nonprofit that was uh, in a little remote village in northeastern Kenya where they were uh, doing a, a microfinance program where they were giving $5,000 to people to, they would, you, you'd be, basically you'd get like a, a cow or something like that, and you would, you, then, then the people would, they, they would elevate a family for an entire, for years on end, just by the fact that you'd, you would help them, they would buy a cow, and they would, they would borrow the money, they would buy the cow, they would pay off their loan, and they would pay it forward with this microfinance program. And I thought that, that was just so profound that we were able to watch this. And so I said, I want to, I want to be a part of that. And so we donated to the organization. They found out that I was, you know, financially savvy, and they said, well, we want you to help us with the organization. I became the chairman of the organization, <laughs> and now, you know, it's it's thriving. They've got a public health program where they're in, involved with hundreds of schools and and uh, mothers and children and so we're we're actually making a, a big imprint on people in rural Kenya all over all over eastern Africa our program is expanding now into remote parts of 
of Kenya. We're, we're helping with malaria. We're helping with vision issues, not to mention microfinance. But it's just through one interaction where we thought we were going on safari, but we wound up touching people around the world. Mm. And it's just like, oh my gosh, it's like, this is, this is the power of connection. So I'm connected to people on the other side of the world in a way that I wasn't expecting when I, I, I went to Africa to see the animals and I came back talking about the people. Huh. That's awesome. That's amazing. We'll, we'll share a link to that organization because I, I know you've shared some things with me and it, it, I think it's the coolest model that they have and, um, and they're making a difference. And I think that's ultimately, in the end, that's what matters, right? is uh, the mark that we leave. So with that, um, we'll wrap. But as always, I hope the podcast, sometimes we get a little deep. This has been interesting with Daryl and I because, you know, we're friends and we're sort of sharing our story. But if nothing else, if it just inspires one person to think about things a little bit differently or have a little light bulb moment and realize that, you know, we're all traveling a very similar path. We're all kind of headed the same direction, evolving and learning and growing. And, um, and it's about the connections. And so um, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time out of this conference. I know you're missing a session or two. So thank you very much. And it's been a pleasure. Do I get CPE for being on the program? Or? <laughs> oh. oh. Oh, yes. He actually gets three hours for being a guest. Woo. Right. See, there was something in it for you. <laughs> Loving it. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening, Daryl. Thank you again so much. Thank you, Heidi. I love being on. <laughs>